welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and eBooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. Happy Valentine's Day. If you are listening to this on the day it comes out, Valentine's Day is actually one of my favorite holidays because I love how everyone's in a good mood. I love romantic music and romantic movies and a good excuse to eat a really bomb meal. So I'm all over the Valentine's Day vibes. I have a really, really awesome conversation for you guys today with my good friend Martin Silva. But before I hop into that, I just want to give you a few reminders. Remember that enrollment for my Paleo Women Lifestyle Program opens up on Monday, February 18th. So that is this next coming Monday. And then the program will officially start Monday, February 25th, a week later. But enrollment is going to be the 18th. That's when I open it up and there are limited spaces available. Once the spaces fill up, it's closed. So enrollment will just be open until the spots fill up. Last time they filled up within the first four or five hours. So I recommend hopping on that if you are ready to enroll. And I only run this group program two or three times a year and the price will increase next time. So if you think you ever want to join, I recommend joining now before the price increases. Once you're in the group, you're in there forever. So you will get access to any changes I make as I grow the program and add modules and add things into it. You'll already have access to it. So when you join this group coaching program, you get a ton of video and audio lectures from me, hours of content to work through. You get weekly PDFs. You get access to our private Facebook group. You get to be on the live video coaching calls with me and the other women in the program. And you also get access to all of the previous live video coaching calls. So you truly have hundreds of hours of things to work through. If you are interested in health and wellness, this is like a dream come true because you get a community of women who really get you and you can talk about honestly anything with. And you also are getting a ton of high quality health information. My goal with this program was to create a course that has everything I think every woman needs to know when it comes to health and wellness and just cut through the BS and give it to you straight and also create a community where you would feel comfortable asking any questions that might come up or sharing whatever is on your mind. And that's what I created and I love it so much. We are truly a tribe. We're a strong community in that group. And no matter where you are in your health journey, whether you are brand new to kind of cleaning up your diet and your lifestyle, or if you have been a nutrition geek for years, you will learn a lot from this program, I promise. And the content is also always changing because we cover different topics on the live video coaching calls, just where you can ask whatever, whatever you want and we can go from there. If you're considering working with a practitioner one-on-one, I highly recommend taking this course first because you could implement all the information I provide and probably get yourself to a much better place 
um, to save you sessions with somebody one-on-one or not even need them anymore. And it's at a much lower price than it would be to work with somebody one-on-one for months on end and get the same results. A lot of my clients have been through both and they are shocked by how much information is in there compared to what it's like to work with somebody individually. But that's what I wanted to make. And honestly, like the value you get, it's, there's nothing like it for such a low price and all the information you get. And that's what I wanted to create for you guys. We cover everything about nutrition. We cover all the macronutrients, building balanced meals. We cover what food is doing in your body. We learn about different ingredients. There's a lot to learn about all of the different ingredients that you might see out there. We cover cooking and grocery shopping. We cover balancing your hormones and digestion and exercise and movement and hacking your sleep, getting in sunlight, what supplementation I recommend, weight management, stress management, all things emotional health, non-toxic lifestyle. Honestly, we cover it all. So if you want in, this is the time to join. You can go to bit.ly slash paleowomenlifestyle to learn more, read testimonials from ladies in the group. And remember, enrollment's going to be February 18th, next Monday. That day will also be $200 off the regular price. So if there are still spots available the next day, the price is going to jump. So that's why I recommend just signing up that day. Again, just head to bit.ly slash paleowomenlifestyle and you can learn more. If you've been in the self-study version of the course, you can absolutely upgrade to the group program. And I'm just really excited to bring a new group of ladies into our little family. It's going to be so much fun. And I think you will be shocked at how much you get out of this program. So again, bit.ly slash paleowomenlifestyle or just go to my website, christinaricewellness.com to learn more before enrollment opens up on Monday. And a lot of the information that I provide in that program is basically just a brain dump of everything useful I've learned over the years in terms of health and wellness, specifically targeted towards women because so much of the information we get nowadays um, has, like, it, it comes from studies that have been done on men and women's health is so so much different. If we do the same thing as men do, um, that won't always work out. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but our hormones are very different than that of men. So it's important to take that into consideration. And that is my focus in the program. But so much of what I learned, um, I learned from the health coaching program that I originally went through. And that was the Primal Health Coach Institute. I remember feeling really overwhelmed when I was trying to decide what type of education I wanted to become certified as somebody who could help people with their health and wellness and nutrition and fitness. And the Primal Health Coach Institute kind of just fell into my lap. I was considering a few other programs, but wasn't fully sold. It just didn't feel right for me. And then when I found out about Primal Health Coach Institute, I was like, yes, if you know me, you know I'm a huge fan of Primal Kitchen in general. I love their their food. I'm a huge fan of Mark Sisson's work in general. The Primal Blueprint was a game-changing book for me when I first was going paleo. I mean, it was the book that basically um, convinced me to go paleo, and that's also the book I give everybody else who I want them to learn about health and wellness. It's like 
a paleo Bible. Um, but when I heard that he had the Primal Health Coach Institute, which is basically based on all the same philosophies, I was very interested and felt like, okay, this is what I want because it aligns with my beliefs. I wanted a program that was all about real food eating, ancestral health, and evolutionary biology. And I wanted a really nice combination of science and practical life tips and business advice. And that's everything that I got from the Primal Health Coach Institute. So if you have been considering a career in wellness, this might be the perfect program for you. I am so glad I did it. There are a ton of different programs that can teach you some coaching skills and some simple how-tos to help people change their lifestyles, but the Primal Health Coach Institute truly goes far beyond the basics and from what I know of other programs is just so much more comprehensive than any of the other health coaching programs out there and I really think it is a steal for the price. The Primal Health Coach Institute focuses on ancestral health principles, as I mentioned before, which is the way I'm aligned. That's really my paradigm, focusing on ancestral health. It starts off with a comprehensive nutrition and health sciences education. You're going to go really deep and understand how the body actually works and learn how all of the different decisions we make from the food we eat to the activities we do to sleep habits, stress, all of that affects the body at a cellular level. And not all programs will teach you the science behind this. In addition to giving very practical tips of exactly what to do with clients and day-to-day -day applications of the information. And then beyond the nutrition science component, which I absolutely loved. If you are a nutrition nerd like me, you will love it. I, I honestly reread the materials over and over again. I always go back to reference them. But they also have a whole section with different chapters, exercises, and a full resource center that's devoted to business development and marketing and sales training. So they're going to train you to be a health coach and really take you step by step into building your business, getting clients, working with clients. So they have different business building exercises that will handhold you through that process of starting a business from scratch. You don't have to have a social media platform to be a very, very successful health coach. Most people do not. And then when you graduate, you're going to get access to the Business Resource Center, which has a ton of pre-made materials for you. So you get handouts and flyers and forms and marketing graphics. You don't have to make anything yourself if you don't want to. And then there's even a full 12-week coaching program that you can use with your clients as soon as you're ready to start. So I mean, it's really right there for you. So they're very dedicated to your success as a health coach. There's also an awesome community. You get support through the private Facebook group, the monthly live webinars, mastermind meetups. Everybody is super friendly and we just have our own little tribe there too. So if you are interested in the primal paleo way of life, if you feel like your paradigm aligns with mine, if you've been thinking about health coaching as a possible next career move or just a side hustle or you're just interested in learning more about the topics, then you should go to primalhealthcoach.com realness and you can get a free ebook called How to Be a Health Coach that gives you more information on the process of becoming a health coach in five easy steps. And then you'll learn a lot more about the Primal Health Coach program. And you can also set up a call with Laura, who's in charge of admissions, and she will help you figure out if this is the right fit for you. I loved it because it really worked with my schedule. You can do everything 
like on your own, it's online at your own pace and work through it however quickly or slowly you want, which I definitely loved. So you can make it work if you have a full-time job or a part-time job or no job and you want this to be your main thing. I really strongly believe that we need as many well-trained health coaches as we can get in in the world because we have a major health crisis on our hands in terms of chronic illness and you know our lifespan is going down all these things so we just we really need an army of well-trained health coaches and I can't recommend this program enough so go to primalhealthcoach.com slash realness to learn more so that's primalhealthcoach.com slash r-e-a-l n-e-s-s and if you're already ready to sign up you can use the code coach 200 c-o-a-c-h 200 for $200 off of the enrollment fee which is pretty awesome who doesn't love $200 off so make sure you go to primalhealthcoach.com realness and check all of that out let's talk about today's guest my good friend Martin Silva, you might know him from Instagram, Martin Silva Fitness. He is an online health and fitness transformation coach. He has been in the fitness industry for many years now, and he was previously a physique competitor. He ranked within the top 10 fitness models on the planet. And I love Martin because he knows about true health and wellness and he follows a very real foods approach, realistic approach. He's helped so many people transform their bodies and he also understands the whole physique competition side of things, which I think is super interesting. He's also the host of the Optimize Your Body podcast, which I was a guest on. I had a really fun conversation with him on that podcast, so make sure you check it out, but he's just such a fun guy to talk to, really down to earth, and he has great content on his social media, so I highly recommend giving him a follow over there. He's one of my favorite people to follow. We originally connected through the Mind Pump guys. He's a huge Mind Pump fan, and you know I'm close with my boys from Mind Pump. Love them, but I very quickly grew to love Martin because he is so freaking funny <laughs> and he's the only person that I will ever let call me Chris. He calls me Chris and I think it is the funniest thing ever. If anyone else calls me that, I get very annoyed. Um, but when he says it, it just cracks me up. Um, so yeah, he's a great guy and he's really knowledgeable about all of the things when it comes to health and fitness. So we talk all about cycling macros and undulating calories and workout splits and what supplements are actually worth it and what the deal with cardio is and also what it's like to be a physique competitor. We talk a bit about how that screws with your relationship with food and how a lot of competitors deal with binge eating disorder afterwards. So really interesting topic and I know you guys are going to love hearing from Martin. Again, he's just... He is just a joy to chat with and I love him. So without further ado, let's just hop into this conversation with Martin Silva. Why don't you just start off by telling people who you are? What do you do? Okay, my name is Martin Silva and I am a personal trainer and online coach and I'm also a model. And yeah, I, I moved over to, to Australia actually just over two years ago. I'm originally from Wales in the UK. And I initially came over to Australia actually to broaden my, uh, sorry, to progress my career 
as a model and and acting as well, which um which I, I got into back home. But then when I came here, I realized, oh, you know what? Actually, um, I, I was veering away from a little bit from what my you know from what I live, breathe, and eat, which is health and fitness. So since coming here, um, I've actually just managed to just just build my audience online and help people online with my content. And um, I'm more successful here as a, as a personal trainer as well. It's uh, the fitness industry here is is booming out in out in Sydney, Australia. So yeah, just just to go a little bit deeper into my into my uh, my journey. So to kind of cut a long story short, I guess I I basically started lifting weights when I was like 13, 14, and never looked back really. So um, I've been I've been lifting weights now and looking after my body, if you like, for, you know, around about 17, 18 years, really. But I then actually qualified as a personal trainer when I was 19. And I, I've just fell in love with, with health and fitness. And then what happened is I decided to take my physique to another level in my mid-20s. And I started competing as a, a men's physique competitor. And yeah, then I managed to make my way up to the professional level as as a physique compa- competitor, as a sorry, a, f- a fitness model competitor or whatever you want to call it. Along along that journey, I I have trained, you know, as a personal trainer and I've done some online coaching, but primarily one to one personal training. I've I've coached well over a thousand people, so I've transformed, uh, you know, lots of people's lives. And that is what my my mission is right now is just to to reach as many people as I can and improve improve as many people's kind of uh, well being as I can and in the process help them help them build their best body. But um, Christina and I would and I were just kind of talking off air briefly then, and I just remembered that actually my main goal was to to move out to America uh, about three years ago because. Um, I was I was doing pretty well with the modeling stuff as a as a fitness model and again long story short I applied for my visa for America um, my my best friend actually lives in America as well in in New York I applied for my visa and after waiting for almost a year I actually got uh, rejected from America <laughs> so no. my, my, yeah I forgot I forgot <laughs> to mention that yeah so why <laughs> so yeah so it's ah oh, do you know what it's a long story but I think. You know, um, I don't want to go too much into politics, but Trump was taken over at the same time. And it was funny because the lawyer I actually done it through had a 100 percent approval rate up until she took me on. And then (laughs) and then it went down. It was weird. It's like I had it seemed like I had the credentials and whatnot. And I had all the what I needed to to come into the country on a a specific visa. But I I didn't quite have enough enough evidence. and, And that was the end of it, really. So that was kind of my dream in the sense of moving to New York and pursuing a modeling career was kind of uh, put to a, a bitter end, but it, it definitely happened for a reason because now I'm out, I'm out in Sydney, um, and yeah, it's, it's not that the UK is that bad. By the way, it seems like I've I've been running away from my country, but um, <laughs> it's just I wanted I wanted more opportunity and stuff. So uh, yeah, that, that was it really in a nutshell. Well, would you ever try? Can you try again? I don't know how that all works. Can you like try to apply again? Yeah, I could try to apply again, but you know what? Um, I, I don't know if you're aware of it, but it's it's very very hard unless you're. Yeah. Unless you've got specific skills, you know whether you're a I don't know I think I think doctors for for example and and whatnot. Unless you actually uh, unless you unless you marry someone, <laughs> it's very very hard. So 
<laughs> yeah. Well, anyone listening? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, so why did you go to Sydney specifically? Yeah. So it is the other side of the world, quite literally from the UK. So that's a that's a very good question. I knew my my bread and butter is is personal training, right? So I know I could I could go pretty much anywhere, and I could always fall back on my personal training. But as I said, I wanted to pursue more of the modeling and acting stuff. And there was a bit going on here, uh, but also I've got some close friends actually in Sydney. So I've got some some friends I grew up with, one or two friends I grew up with uh, out in Sydney. And actually, when I was in my early 20s, I, I was lucky enough to travel for like five months. I traveled around like Southeast Asia, went to Australia, New Zealand, went to the States. And, and I really loved Sydney. And it was always kind of the back of my mind, uh, sorry, at the back of my mind uh, until I obviously um, stumbled upon how, how, how good America was. And obviously my best friend being in New York and got offered like this modeling deal in New York. But as I said, that fell through. So yeah, that's, that's how Sydney came about. And you know what? It's actually, uh, it's an amazing place to live. Loads of opportunity here, great people. And as I say, the fitness industry is booming. So yeah, I really, I really want to visit Sydney. I want to visit Australia. And then I have so many different friends in Australia. I didn't realize how big Australia is. So Mm. no one lives close to each other. So I'm like, I'm going to have to pick a city. Yeah, you have to pick one. Yeah. And I think it's something like 70% of Australia live in Sydney and Melbourne. Don't quote me on that, but yeah, that's they're the two the two main cities. But yeah, it'd be great if you come out to Sydney. It'd be uh, be awesome to actually meet you. It's weird because we it, feel, it feels like we know each other, right? But yeah. that's just technology for you nowadays, isn't it? I know. <laughs> all my, I feel like all my friends I've never even met in person. <laughs> like we're just yeah. internet friends, which is nice, you know, because like you get get exposed to different people. Um, and mm. like all of your content, I love your content because. You're another one where I think a lot of people would see you and not expect you to be giving the type of information you give out based on your looks and your and your history. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, you know, because you know what you're talking yeah. about. Um, and well, yeah, I mean, not to stereotype, but a lot of people just, you know. And, that, and, that, and once you say that, that's a, uh, my chance for a little plug because yeah. uh, sometimes I forget, I forget to mention Mind Pump Media, our good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they, like I said, like despite the qualifications I've done and what I've learned over the years, you know, bear in mind I've been a personal trainer for you know over twelve years now. It's only really over the last three or four years since I started listening to Mind Pump that um, everything, like my paradigm, just shifted. Um, and that, and, and it's thanks to them um, that now I, I'm, I'm purely focused on health and the aesthetics. Now, like. I said this before, but kind of aesthetically, I'm in the shape of my life now, um, and, that, and that's without thinking about it. Obviously, I've been I've been more shredded, so to speak. I've been leaner, but um, in terms of my physique, I'm I'm definitely in the shape of my life as as a result of of good health. So, yeah. Thank God. Well, tell me more about that. Tell me about like since you started listening to Mind Pump, what what changed for you? How do you approach like fitness nutrition differently? Yeah. So. And initially, I'll just just track back to where I was at before I started listening to them. So I think I started listening to them just before I did my first ever pro show, which was back in 2016. Actually, I think it was a year before that. But anyway, yeah, so I started listening to them and a few and one or two other podcasts. But mainly it was it was what happened was um, because they have experienced a lot of the things that I have, those guys, like, for example, 
um, they've 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 got like over twenty years experience as personal trainers or, or something like that between them. You know, Adams competed and he's got to the pro level as a as a physique athlete. So I could relate to a lot of the stuff they were talking about. But it was just it was it was strange because it was kind of stuff I already knew. So it wasn't like it was. Um, you know, no disrespect to them, but it wasn't like some of the stuff they were saying was rocket science. Mm-hmm. But it was, it, it was just like people were afraid to talk about that. And I kind of knew things like, for example, I'd already been experimenting with um, intermittent fasting prior to those guys talking about it. Um, but I was, I was really, really overeating protein big time. So when I was leading up to competitions, I would be eating like stupid amounts of protein because I didn't know what I was doing essentially. So I was eating like three times the amount I needed. Uh, I wasn't having anywhere near enough uh, healthy fats and just fats in general. So, you know, my hormones were probably all over the place. And uh, looking back, they definitely were because, um, yeah, I wasn't in a good place mentally. And yeah, they just they just helped me transform uh, above all my relationship with food because um, I, I already started linking for example, using using plants and vegetables as as an example, I already started slowly connecting to uh, how I felt when I ate more vegetables. It made me feel much better. I had more energy. Uh, my performance in the gym improved. Uh, and then they were just kind of instilling that in because they were saying and having you know really interesting guests on this show, specialists talking about how important it is to eat plant based foods. And then when I started eating uh, more vegetables and and increasing my fat intake, reducing my protein intake. Um, everything just just transformed for me. So if that answers that yeah, question, a bit long-winded. <laughs> no, it, it does. So I mean, how much protein were you eating before? Oh man, I was having probably, so when I was leading up to shows, I was having like well over 300 grams of protein a day. So I was having Damn. anything between, yeah, 300 and 350 grams. And then I used to wonder why, sorry to be crude, but I used to wonder why I used to fart all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, it you know, I'd be with, it was embarrassing at times, Chris, because I'd be with clients and I'd be like, <laughs> and I'd just be like standing about 10 meters away from my client. And they're like, what, what are you doing over there? And I'd be like, oh, it's just, um, I don't know. I just, it was hard to explain. So, yeah, so it, it was, and, and my, my, my digestion was terrible. And, um, yeah, like I used to have major, major gut issues. And I think part of that was linked definitely to the, the copious amounts of protein I was having. Uh, but also I was having lots of, um, artificial kind of supplements as well, like, you know, protein supplements. And that's one major thing that they brought to light for me. Once again, the mind pump guys is how most supplements are actually, um, bullshit, so to speak. Sorry for the uh, language, yeah. but, uh, no, no, yeah. no, I would love, I actually wanted, that was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because, Great. um, people ask me about this and I'm not like, I mean, I'm really good at supplements in terms of like the nutrition world, but when it comes to fitness, people ask me about like, oh, what do you think about BCAAs and creatine and all these things? Um, And I'm curious kind of what you think are bullshit supplements and like what are actually useful. Okay, so when it comes to, first of all, the supplements you would take to increase performance, build muscle, those kind of things. So let's just talk about, like you mentioned, branch chain amino acids, so mm-hmm. BCAAs. So basically, I used to take them all the time because I used to think, just like Adam says when he was leading up the shows, like I used to genuinely think that muscle would fall off my body if I didn't eat a meal every two or three hours and I didn't have <laughs> my BCAAs with me 
um, like to sit prior to my session, during my session, and after my session. That's genuinely what I believed. <laughs> so, um, but that's it's, it's actually it's complete lies. Essentially, it's it's a complete myth. The only time you actually need uh, branch chain amino acids as a supplement is if, if for example, like, okay, one thing the one thing they can do is they they do help they can help build your immune system. There's been some studies to show that um, if you're not getting enough through food, then it can help. But most people, I would say 90% of people who eat good quality animal proteins are getting more than enough BCAAs. Um, but if, for example, you are leading up to a competition, like a fitness competition or a photo shoot, and you're extremely lean, then that's when I would say they might come in handy to, to prevent your body from potentially breaking down muscle. But the, your body is going to, at the very, very last resort, use um, muscle as an energy as an energy system, uh, sorry, as a, a a form of burning energy, burning energy, using energy, sorry. So yeah, you're not going to need BCAAs um, for the most part. Creatine is, I would say, hands down the best supplement you can take, especially for um, females. So with with creatine, talking about immune system, really really good for the immune system. It's it's quite hard to get. Um, an adequate amount in, especially if you're if you're um, into fitness and exercise, and especially lifting weights. But um, I've heard recently, actually, and I've looked at a few studies that I think pr- pretty much all women should take creatine. It's it's very good um, if you can cycle creatine as well, um, especially for performance in the gym. So I myself and, and clients I coach, I, I get them to take it for like three or four weeks at a time. Um, and it will drastically improve your strength uh, for the most part. I say drastically, it'll improve your strength uh, somewhat and recovery as well. Great for recovery and, as I say, for the immune system. But it's, it's something to do with the hormonal balance, um, but women need it, I would say, more than men. Uh, and any other supplements, I would uh, one other supplement I would mention is obviously if you can get yourself a really good quality protein supplement. Um, but that's only if, again, if you're not getting enough in uh, through food sources, whereas um, I get some people who are not. But to be honest, like um, you don't need anywhere, anywhere, um, sorry, anywhere near the amount of protein a lot of people think they need because you know, much like myself, I was kind of brainwashed into what I was seeing online with uh, bodybuilders and whatnot. And most of the stuff you see out there, unfortunately, there's a lot of bad information out there. So you don't actually need as much protein as you need. Um, if you're, if you're um, new to training um, and lifting weights, then I would say around about 0.7 is, is the sweet spot, 0.7 grams of protein per pound of body weight. So I'm not gonna. I'm not very good at math, so I'm not gonna go into that <laughs> side of it. <laughs> um, I can't think very fast for that. But yeah, about about 0.7 per uh, protein per pound of body weight is is a sweet spot. And for someone who's been lifting weights for for longer and who's um, you know more accustomed to it, you actually need less protein. So for me, I only need about 0.6 um, grams of protein per pound of body weight. I tend to go over on that a little bit. Um, so I'm trying to bring that down a bit. Um, yeah, and so 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 a, pro, a good quality protein supplement can be beneficial, but make sure you get a good quality one because there's it's, there's there's literally nothing more processed than a protein shake um, when it comes to buying the average one you'll see nowadays. So if you can get yourself a good um, either a grass fed whey protein, um, you know a good quality one, or um, a vegan protein. There's some really, really good vegan proteins out there. And actually a really good one out in America is, um, you've probably heard of Organifi, Chris? Yeah, I have. Yeah. 
they do a really good vegan protein and it tastes good as well. That's the only thing with the vegan proteins. A lot of them taste like crap. So um, Organifi do a good one. Yeah, it's it's hard because a lot of the protein powders have a lot of crap in them. Um, I actually got a custom-made blend that's literally – it's 85% beef protein and then 15% hemp, and it's just straight that, so no other additives, and I love it because it's just, like, super clean. Um, I love but it. I think also it comes back to like with the protein argument, like, cause you're so right when you're talking to, especially when you're talking to people like in the bodybuilding space, but then we have to get careful because it's like with anything in health, nutrition, fitness, like who are you talking to? Because there mm. are a lot of people who are overeating protein for no reason. Like they think that they need it for muscle, right? And they're eating way too much. But then I see a lot of women who are also afraid of protein and they're eating maybe like. 30 grams a day and I'm like whoa yeah. like you need protein you know so it's about finding that sweet spot too especially if people have hormonal imbalances and it's like if you go too low on the protein you're gonna run mm -hmm. into issues oh absolutely and I just wanted to say one more thing because um, I was relating that mainly to people who lift weights but just for the average person say for example some of the listeners are trying to just generally get healthier maybe lose a little bit of body fat Protein is, is essential to keep you satiated as well, as, as you know, Chris. Mm -hmm. So um, you've, got to have, you've got to have an adequate amount, like, like I said, about 0 0.6, 0 0.7 um, you know, of protein, grams of protein per pound of body weight. Um, that will generally keep you more satiated, and it's not going to mean that you're um, chasing the wrong kind of foods then, if you like. So yeah. that's another really important thing. Really, It's a simple thing, but it's really, really, really effective. No, it really is, and just like personal experience with that, I – I had been eating maybe like, like I usually eat between 120, 125 grams of protein a day. And then I started like learning more about like, oh, we're eating overeating protein. So I dropped my protein down a lot lower for like a few months. And at the beginning, mm -hmm. at the beginning I was fine. And then after a few months, I just felt this, like I was so hungry all the time. And yep. I think it was just because I was like, I had been too low on protein for too long. And then my body didn't like that long term and it made me so ravenous. Um, so there can be a rebound effect with that too. And I know you also Absolutely. talk about, you also talk about like cycling protein. Can you share more about that? Yeah, definitely. So that was another thing that those guys taught me, um, especially Sal, Sal from Mind Pump talks about this a lot. And it's something I started implementing around a year or so ago. And I've been a bit slack with that lately. So um, yeah, so what, what, I, what I was doing consistently for a while is once a week, I was making a point of having a vegan day. Mm -hmm. now um or should i say a plant-based day i know that that word is a bit um hit and miss nowadays <laughs> yeah. <vegan. laughs> um so yeah so what i would do is just have an animal uh free day basically of eating so i've started doing that again now once a week or once a fortnight and what that does for you is obviously naturally you're going to be having a low protein day generally if you're just eating um plant-based foods and no no animal products and what that does then because it's almost like protein is, is, is like some sort of, uh, you know, magical macronutrient nowadays. You see, you see that word on everything. And it's like people automatically now will gravitate because, because of the marketing power and stuff nowadays, people will gravitate towards something which is like protein bars and stuff because, oh, it's protein. You know, I need to get my protein in. And in reality, you just, you just normally put in a lot of artificial stuff with it. Mm -hmm. And if anything, you can, uh, you know, those, those foods are, a lot of those protein bars and stuff are, are highly palatable. So they're just going to make you want to eat more. So where I was going with that is, yes, yeah, cycling protein and having, having that low protein day every now and then will actually make your body 
generally more sensitive to to protein so it's just like um you know people tend to to, to you know carb cycle in this is more more common people tend to uh you know cycle their carbs more and just for the listeners that generally what what um what i do and what a lot of people do uh, who are you know into their training is they will generally have more carbohydrates on the days they're training quite hard and then on the days in between when they're not training quite as hard they'll they'll have higher fats and less carbohydrates so you know cycling carbs and fats are very common and people do that a lot but people are really afraid of kind of having you know like a, a low protein day here and there because i don't know again it's probably because of the information we've been uh, we've been fed so yeah it's really good for the body and also having having you know having protein and animal products day in day out i think i mean it's, it's just common sense in a, in a way. I mean, that the body the body thrives, the human body thrives on on variety. So um, when you're and, and and we all know now the studies are coming out. Well, not not we all, but Chris is probably familiar with this. But for the listeners, a lot of studies are coming out saying that having too much protein, um, it can be really really bad for your health. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, we won't go too much into to what that can cause. But yeah, if you can just be aware of that, and if you're having uh, say more than about 0.8 grams of protein. Per pound of body weight, so to say, for for example, I weigh I weigh two hundred pounds. I try not to have now more than about one hundred and seventy grams of protein per day. So if if I'm going any higher than that, then I'll just I'll just make sure I uh, I have a low protein day. Um, that that's another reason then for me to have a low protein day. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Well, since you brought up like carb cycling and like cycling fat, so is that what you do? You kind of always switch up your macros, or do you generally subscribe more to like um, more moderate everything, higher fat, like higher carb? Yeah. Like, what do you usually do? That's a great question. So, so for me, it's actually I don't really do as much of it nowadays. The the, the carb cycling and stuff. Um, like I said, I do make a point of having a low protein day once every every week or two now but with the with the fats and carbs i it's it's quite tough for me to get to get enough calories in so i think i mentioned briefly i i do intermittent fasting i i do that every day mm-hmm. so just just for the listeners maybe a lot of them are familiar but maybe some of them are not so uh, the typical kind of the mo- the most common form of intermittent fasting is when you generally eat within roughly like an 8 hour window and you fast for about 16 hours and that's within a 24 hour period so for me i'll i'll basically in the every morning i i do most of my personal training clients in the morning bright and early at 5 a.m so i'll do a few clients in the morning and obviously i'll be i'll just get up i'll just have like basically i'll just first thing i do in the morning actually is i have um lukewarm water with quarter of a lemon squeezed and some pink himalayan salt i know i'm, I'm going off on a little a little bit of a tangent here, but I that like is it. really, really good for you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's something I, uh, yeah, I, I started doing about half a year ago, and um, I definitely noticed a difference in terms of my energy and whatnot. But the the thing is with people, um, most of us get up in the morning, you know, we're we're up and out, we we have a coffee straight away, you know, we're not giving up, we wake up dehydrated for a start. So if you just have say I don't know two hundred and fifty mils of water, a warm water with um, about a gram or two of pink Himalayan salt and some lemon squeeze it's one of the best things for digestion as, as we all know uh, lemon so um and then with the salt in there as well obviously there's in pink himalayan salt there's like 60 to 80 different trace minerals in there and then combined with the water it's a really really it's one of the best concoctions you can have i think in the morning to get you going but anyway i won't actually eat then 
until around about let's say 10 11 in the morning so and then i'll i'll cut my food off by about 6 p.m 7 so generally i'm eating within about an 8 to 10 hour window so for me to get all of my calories within that window um it's quite hard so at the so, so for me not to lose weight i need to eat there and about 4,000 calories <laughs> so that's for me fun. that sounds fun yeah it's great times <laughs> i know I'm, I'm definitely it's a great problem to have chris <laughs> so um yeah and that and that's the beauty of obviously building muscle over um all these years because uh, muscle really supercharges your metabolism so and obviously i'm quite an active person so i'll average around about um 12,000 steps a day so um you know for the listeners i guess that's about an hour to an hour and a half of walking a day, but that's with me not thinking about it. That's just my day-to-day life. So, um, so yeah, for me to get enough calories in is pretty tough. So when it comes to carb cycling, I um, it's hard for me um, energy-wise as well. I find if I um, if I go if I go really low of carbs, I find it hard to get um, enough like the, the, a right variety of fats in. So without going too deep into that, um, yeah, generally I just tend to um, try and hit my hit my calories. And that's another thing, folks, as well. When it comes to um, to calories, um, I think it's more important to, to share with the listeners about um, undulating calories. So it, it, if the if the listeners are, you know, at a level where they're not they're not tracking their calories, which a lot of them may be, um, that's totally fine. But it's actually good to eat a different amount of calories each day anyway. So um, what, what I'll do is I'll hit there in about three and a half thousand to four and a half thousand calories most days but then once a week or once every two weeks at least i'll have a lower calorie day where i'll have like maybe two and a half thousand to three thousand because it's really good for your metabolism to um to 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 actually mix up your calorie intake because once again the human body thrives on 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 variety so you know if you think about it we we most likely evolved um through times of famine where there was no food available hence why hence why the body not not everyone's body, by the way, um, but a lot of people's bodies respond well to fasting because, you know, we, we may have had to go days without food in the past. So, um, so yeah, and I just wanted a, a little disclaimer as well with, with fasting. Um, it's not something I recommend to someone who hasn't actually built up a really good relationship with food or maybe started tracking their their food intake um, because it is it is a stress on the body, much like, I guess, um, lifting weights. But um, the body can respond in a way which is which is favorable. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's Im- very important to talk about undulating cal- calories. I think that's part of why all these people who are so, like, obsessed with tracking their calories and making sure they are under or over something. Like, tr- they're trying to hit a calorie goal. And I'm like, it's not normal for your body to get the exact same amount of calories every single day of your life. Like, that makes no sense. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about fitness since like that's your, your thing. Um, you talked, you talked about how you're, you're pretty active. You said you get like 12,000 steps a day. Um, so I'm assuming you're big into neat and I'm curious, like, how important you think neat is versus like a regular exercise routine. Yeah, another another good question there. So, just just to to break it down a little bit for the listeners. So, neat is well, it's non-exercise. Oh, I've actually forgot what it is now. Um, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Activity thermogenosis. There we are. <laughs> Trying to get all science here it didn't work out for me. I'll just stick to the basics. <laughs> um, no, but for, with with neat, it's um, it is basically the cardio you're doing 
um, when, you know, the cardio you're doing when you're not aware of it, just to, just to simplify that. So for example, when you're just walking around on a daily basis, so the majority of your, of your calorie expenditure is, is generally going to be done outside of the gym. If you think about it, we go to the gym for, let's just say an hour and the rest of the time is spent you know, without day-to-day lives for the most part. So let's just use people, for example, lots, lots of people I've trained and coached online have been quite sedentary with, um, you know, the day and age we live in now with technology and whatnot. A lot of people have sedentary jobs where they sat down for most of the day. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate to this. So when you're sat down and you're not moving, obviously, let's just say, for example, the average American, let's use America as an example, I believe there's under 4,000 steps a day. Uh, for the listeners, that's under 20 minutes of total movement a day. Okay, that's so horrible. <laughs> exactly. And another another interesting stat is actually, I think it's the same, by the way, in Australia and the UK. But people are spending nowadays more time putting food in their mouth than they are actually moving. Oh my so, god! <laughs> exactly. So um, a great way, and it's, it's it's literally the number one go-to. I'm glad you asked this question because it's the number one tool I will use with the majority of people. Um, let's just say the average people I coach, not, not necessarily some of the athletes I coach, but for the average person, in, in increasing their needs and their daily steps is an absolute game changer. So um, using one of my clients as an example, she was averaging around 3,000 steps a day. Now, also, I'd like to say the first step is is awareness, like like with anything. So most most of the people I've coached haven't actually had a wrist device or like a Fitbit, if you like, is um, is what I use which tracks your, your steps. Um, so they were just not even aware of the movement they were doing. I got them to get one of these watches. Then they realized, oh, I'm averaging, you know, 3,000 steps a day. So as a, as, a, as a first step, I'll say to them, right, okay, um, for the first couple of weeks, how about you add two to 3,000 steps onto, onto your day? So that's like, you know, an extra 20 minutes of walking, let's say, a day. So some of them would, would have their food on their lunch break, and rather than let's just say, wasting time on social media or whatever they were doing afterwards. They would just go for a little walk outside for 20 minutes. Uh, before you know it then, by the end of the week, you know, they're, they're burning, let's just say, an extra, I don't know, for argument's sake, a 1,000 calories a week, maybe more than that. If you if you look at the compound effect of that alone, it's, it's pretty crazy. So um, NEAT is essentially the movement you are doing, your daily movement. So um, I would say to the listeners, if, if, you ha- if you're not doing this already, and let's just say your goal is just to, Maybe, maybe just let's just look at general health, right? The people, the people who live the longest on this planet, uh, are the people who who tend to move more, and that's not doing anything crazy, anything strenuous. Um, literally, just walking, just just walking is really really good for the body. Once again, this is how we evolved. Okay, we would have had to move and uh, hunt for food and whatnot, right? So yeah. it totally makes sense. So yeah, it's a re- really good thing for your health and longevity, but it's also an amazing tool to use if your goal is to lose body fat and get leaner because just by slowly increasing your steps and not changing anything else, um, you'll get, you'll get good results. So. so my question for you is, does the body adapt to neat the same way it does traditional steady state cardio? Like let's say someone lives in New York and they're used to just walking 25,000 steps a day. Like that's just part of their daily life. They don't go out of their way to do that. And then they move over to LA and all of a sudden they're like walking 3000 steps a day. Is that going to totally screw them over? Or like, yeah, like so, once you, once you're, if you're like, say you're like building up your steps and you're getting up to like 15 to 20,000 steps, are you stuck there? 
So basically you kind of you, – you've got um, a few options there really. So let's just use your example, right? So someone's gone from doing lots of steps to doing virtually none. And by the way, this is a rarity because when you get into the habit of actually moving more, you start connecting the fact that it makes you feel really good. So like the, the, the actual calories you're burning and the body fat you're losing becomes a side effect anyway. So – but yeah, let's just use that as an example. You go from doing lots of steps, let's just say 20,000, and then you go down to let's say 5,000 steps a day. So what will happen then is – Firstly, you're not burning anywhere near as many calories. So if that same person um, is not doing any additional cardio or any like, let's just say, any any more calorie expenditure than they were prior to doing all those steps, then they're going to be burning a lot less calories. So unless they then compensate by cutting back on their calories, um, then they're probably going to, you know, probably going to gain weight. So um, but yeah. Is, is, is another good question because um, they've, they've actually shown studies that with with um, scheduled cardio, if you like. Now, a lot of people tend to do this. They tend to schedule cardio into their daily routine. Obviously, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. If you, if you enjoy doing cardio and that's something you like doing and obviously it's, you're going to burn more cal- calories, that's great. Um, so it's been proven that if you were to do, say, two, two bouts of um, 30 minutes cardio a day, then you generally are going to burn more calories than what you would uh, from just from just moving. So so from oh, hang on, I think I've got it the wrong way around. Actually, let me just re- uh, backtrack a bit there. So what they what they've proven is actually is 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 pretty much the other way around. So with with neat cardio, the body that the metabolism generally will adapt in a way which is favorable, as opposed to when you're doing cardio um, day in day out. What tends to happen generally is the body adapts by um, learning because the body is very, very clever at adapting. So what it will do is it'll adapt to burning more calories. So the body will then, um, generally the metabolism will, will tend to slow down a little bit. Your, re- your resting metabolism will slow down a bit because the body gets very efficient at manually burning calories. If that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, all in all, just, just to simplify it, um, it's, it's much easier to, to mold into your lifestyle um, neat as opposed to opposed to do, having to schedule in cardio um, day in, day out. It just becomes more of a chore, an added chore, um, you know, onto, onto your life, really. So, yeah, kind of went on a tangent a bit. Yeah. Well, so, so what are generally like what are your thoughts around cardio and like do who do you use cardio with with your clients? Yeah. So cardio is another great tool to use, but with, um, let's just say 95% of my clients, cardio is a, is a very, very last resort for most of them because, um, let's just say with, with neat, you could kind of, you could kind of class that as cardio, right? If you wanted to, but let's just for argument's sake, like neat really is, it's not really scheduled cardio. So let's just say, um, like I said, the first step will be right. Increase your daily steps, your daily movement. Um, but with cardio, actually getting them to do cardio in the gym or to do, let's just say, high-intensity cardio, that is a very last resort. So I'll get, I'll get them not, – not last resort, but it's, it's a tool I'll use later down the line. Um, so let's just talk real quickly about um, other forms of cardio like high-intensity cardio, um, which a lot of people tend to do. And especially – I'm not sure when this uh, podcast is going to be aired, but obviously right now we're in January and with the New Year resolutions and whatnot – a lot of people will go from doing um, pretty much nothing over the holiday period and, and eating eating lots, to, and, and maybe maybe taking a you know having a little bit of a break from from exercise and not doing as much to balls to wall high intensity cardio. 
um, and then cut them back on their calories at the same time, right? And that's and that's partly the reason why 90% of people, this, this is the stats, by the way, around about 90% of people who, uh, the new gym goers, this is the new gym goers, by the way, uh, in January, by March, they would have they would have quit their regime. Uh, they would have quit altogether. So that's partly the reason why it's too much stress on the body. Um, and yeah, so so with cardio, it's it's a tool I use later down the line. And high intensity cardio, if done properly, is a fantastic tool to use. Uh, but like like anything, it is a tool. Um, and like I mentioned, with for example, creatine. Um, doing that for three or four weeks at a time. It's much like anything you do, folks. The body will adapt generally um, with training and with, with a lot of supplements as well, like creatine, will adapt after about, say, three to six weeks. So if you're doing hit cardio, then any longer than about, let's say, four weeks, I would say, um, the body will adapt um, by actually slowing down your metabolism. So it can actually have a negative effect if you stay within that, within that you know, realm, if you like, for too long. Okay, so you basically just only use it if it's necessary. That's right, yeah. So, um, but it it is great to use for someone once they've let's just say they've done all the steps. So they're lifting weights consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing they're doing, and I've ma- at this point, by the way, Chris, I've maxed out their steps. So they're doing let's say fifteen thousand to twenty thousand steps down from four thousand over the space of a few months and then they stay they 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 write okay now i want to take it to another level okay now we'll bring in some 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 kind of high intensity cardio if you like but um (laughs) as far as cardio goes literally just focus on your steps and daily movement it's as simple as that yeah okay well let's talk about um like your training philosophy and i'm also curious what you think about okay because i know you're coming from sort of a different perspective versus what i think most of my audience is is up to so i think a lot of them do resistance train um Mm -hmm. but the style might be different than i think that this are you familiar with like kayla itzany's i am yeah i believe she was over here actually like yeah so yeah, yeah, I believe, she, yeah, I think I know. She's Australian, yeah, and so she's famous for her... B- oh, sorry, I've got to mix up. Yeah, I know which one you mean, sorry. Yeah, yeah, she's, like, famous for her, like, BBG program and, like, has made more yeah. programs. And a lot of fitness influencers have made programs similar to her, but a lot of them are basically, like, um, either body weight or, like, moderate weight and kind of, like, mini circuits oftentimes I'll see from mm-hmm. different influencers, like three mm-hmm. different moves and you're doing them like that. And, um, I'm curious what you think about that kind of, that style of training, uh, mm-hmm. and then kind of what you like to do. Yeah. So firstly, the, the, the thing is with a lot of influencers out there, influencers out there who are prescribing people programs is, I, I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not a hater. I'm not going to like try and, um, you know, shoot these people down, but the only thing is, Why? like, there was a, Do it. a okay. I, I'm trying to be nice. I'm going to shoot him down. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> nah, um, <laughs> um, the, 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 there's a fundamental difference between uh, a training program and a workout. So, what the majority of people are doing out there is they're they're prescribing people workouts. Okay, so they literally they'll they'll do a workout which works with them, and most of the time it's it, it looks really fancy as well, right? So they're clever with that. So 
once again, humans, right, we thrive on novelty. It's another thing we thrive on, right? So when we see someone doing something different, like when you go on Instagram, when you see those uh, kind of influencers we're talking about doing fancy stuff with bands and they're in great shape and they're doing exercises which you, you know, they look quite pretty on the eye. You haven't really seen them before and you're like, oh, wow, that looks really good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll, you'll do it, but essentially what they're giving people is just a workout. It's a workout they've done which has worked for them. Um, and what people tend to miss is – most of these people have been putting the work in to get in that shape for years and years and years. Um, they're lifting really, really heavy weights and they're doing the stuff which doesn't look as pretty, probably, behind, not probably, most likely behind the scenes. Uh, they're doing, you know, the, the, the most important lifts which get you um, the results, such as, you know, heavy squats, deadlifts, overhead presses. No doubt most of them are doing all that. But then obviously you're seeing the fancy stuff and they put that into a, into a workout plan and then people are buying it. And I've, I've coached lots of people who have had these plans. Uh, and, you know, it, I'm not, I'm not going to say they don't work because someone who goes from doing nothing or not really lifting weights to doing anything whatsoever when it comes to resistance training is going to get results. Um, but, yeah, it's, they're not – like there's, there's very, very, very few people out there who, are, who I really look up to when it comes to training programming. And obviously, Mind Pump Media, uh, up there with the best in the world, there's, there's one or two others. Um, but to actually des- design training programs which are going to get you maximum results, uh, there's, there's actually a lot of science involved. But, but don't get me wrong, when it, when it comes to resistance training, um, you know, you, you'll get really good results um, if you're doing the, the lifts I mentioned earlier, which the thing is, um, they don't they don't look pretty. So like people tend to buy less of them because it's like, for example, you'll, you'll get a program off of um, let's use the mind pump guys as an example. You'll get a program off them. You'll look at it and you'll be like, OK, squats, deadlifts, bench press. Like I've seen all these before. Like this is not, you know, this, this is nothing special kind of thing. But that's what gets you bang for your buck is those old school, if you like, um, barbell, dumbbell movements, um, such as squats, deadlifts, um, overhead press, you know, pull-ups, bench press. Those are the movements. If you really um, focus on doing those exercises and treating those exercises, you know, as a skill and trying to get good at those and you be consistent, you just watch what happens. You'll blow any of those um, so-called programs that you get off the uh, the Insta-famous models um, absolutely out the water. So, yeah, my, my, my all in all, my perspective on those programs is um, if you want to start off maybe for a few weeks trying one of those workout plans, so I'm not going to call it a program. I'm going to call it a workout. Um, then that's great, if, and if you enjoy doing it for a few weeks. But if you really want to get maximum results, then you know you want to look into getting you know a good online coach um, and maybe getting one of my programs. <laughs> so <laughs> plug, yeah. yeah, no, and I I think that you're right on the money when you say uh, people are just looking for something fancier, like all these people who are doing these complicated moves, and people think I think that. I think that a lot of people think that working out has to be complicated and like there's some secret like <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly it. But and they don't want to stick to the basics for some reason. Uh, no. Oh, that's that's a very good point. That's a very good point and that is the, the, that is the reason why um majority of people do not get uh long-lasting results because chopping and changing all the time, trying something new, you know, and then there's, there's always the, it's, it's, it's hard to get, by the way, this is where I was at before, Chris, I was in the on or off kind of uh, camp, if you like, right, so I was either on, and I was eating what I thought was healthy, 
coffee at the time, but in reality, it was just mainly just chicken and broccoli, right? <laughs> like a bodybuilder <laughs> diet, if you like. And then, and then it would get to the weekend, and I would be like, oh, okay, let my hair down a bit now. Now I'll just, um, I'll have a cheap meal, if you like. And then that would just turn into a whole weekend of eating crap food. And most people um, still live like this, where it's like they're either on or they're off. But if you can, it takes a time. It takes time to get to the level where you're. Um, intuitively eating right so like you know like where christina's at and where i've got to it, it, it takes a long time without trying to you know be big-headed it takes a long time to get there but when you get to the point where your body is actually um craving those healthy foods and that's what i like about um about your page chris is like you're making really really healthy foods but they look so tasty some of your i got i might actually have to make some this weekend some of those you should thank you oh. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. So I, I just wanted to. Yeah. What I was going to say then. Sorry. Um. In, in answer to your question. And you. In, what was your question, by the way? <laughs> At this point, I don't even remember. I was saying that. I was basically saying that people want. They just don't want to stick with the basics. Like yeah, they just it. want so something if fancy. You're, if you're cons- that's exactly it. If you're consistent with the what I wanted to say with. I say this on pretty much every podcast. But if you focus on those big rocks, getting good quality sleep and getting enough sleep. Um, lifting, I mean, lifting weights, right. will get you better results than any other exercise if done properly. Right. But not everyone enjoys doing it. Right. So if, if you're listening to this and you really hate lifting weights, that's totally fine. Find exercise that you enjoy doing and just be consistent with it. Even if that means like I'm the type of person, um, when I train, I like to headphones in it's therapy. I like to do it on my own. That's my kind of breathing space, if you like. But a lot of people are not like that. They like to be in a group. So whatever works for you, find something that you enjoy exercise-wise and be consistent with that. And then with the nutrition, um, it's, it's really not rocket science. If you can just try and um, eliminate or reduce the, the, the amount of processed foods you have. I mean, obviously, if you can completely eliminate rubbish foods, that's you know, you don't need someone, you know, a rocket scientist to tell you that. That that alone will change the game for you. And just just the simple things like consistently um, eating more vegetables and salads, and just just be consistent with the simple things. Um, and it's not about being a hundred percent perfect all the time because I like to enjoy myself. You know, I drink alcohol occasionally. I like to have crap foods every now and then. Um, it's just for the if you're if you're pretty good, pretty good for the most part, you're gonna get really good results. So it's as simple as that, really. Yeah. I'm curious. What do you think about, like, training frequency? Training frequency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is something that literally absolutely um, blew my mind. It, and it, is still, it still does. Um, yeah, so I don't really know where to start. I'm going to try and, try and <laughs> break this down a bit because I tend to talk a lot. Um, so training frequency is something I started implementing, let's just say, about two, three years ago. I started focusing on just training more often. So that's what we mean by training frequency, right? It's just essentially um, training training more often, um, but trying to be smart about it. So it's, it's not like I'm going to hammer myself every single day training frequency. We, we don't mean that. We mean training more frequently, but um, at the same time, trying to listen to your body. So, you know, if you're, if you're going to the gym and you're going, like I said, balls to wall, day in, day out, then something's going to give, you know, it's, it's not sustainable. But if, um, for example, right now, the way I do it, um, when it, I'll just use lifting weights as an example. So I used to do split routine type training. And for the listeners, that is when you're splitting the body parts up. So I would do, let's just say, for example, legs on a Monday, I would train my back muscles on a Tuesday, I would do my chest on a Wednesday, so on and so forth. Um, so I would do every body part, just once once a week but I would absolutely go to town on that body part 
and I, I would literally be feeling it for about three or four days. So that's another thing. Whilst, whilst I'm on that topic is if you're training really, really hard um, and you're aching for longer than a day or two, generally you've done too much. And that's, that's another thing people think is I'm aching. I've done a good job. In fact, it's the opposite. Um, don't get me wrong. If, if you're feeling it a little bit the next day, if, oh, I feel my muscles, you know, have been work kind of thing. That's totally fine. But if you're aching and, you know, it's, it's, it's changing the way you move the next day or the day after that, you've probably done too much and you've most likely broken down some connective tissue as well. And then what the body does, the body tries to recover. And the body, by the way, folks, will prioritize recovery over anything. So if you're trying to build muscle and you're breaking the muscles down that much, the body is going to try to recover before it actually um, repairs the muscles and makes them grow, essentially. So I used to do split body part. Um, but then, obviously, plug in mind pump again. Um, I, I tried their program. I think, Christina, you might have tried their initial program, the, the MAPS Anabolic. Have yeah, you tried that? Yeah, I did that. It made me really muscular. <laughs> did it really? <laughs> what do you say? What do you say muscular? It was too I've, much. It was too much muscle for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think that's more of a – do you think that is actually too much muscle for, to the average person to look at you or do you think it's more of a – It's a personal you, preference. It's a very effective program. I'll just put it that way. Where did you notice you built the most muscle then? Like any particular areas? I or? mean, just like my my like quads and my arms. Yeah? yeah. Okay. A, a lot of that, don't, don't forget. What about like um, like glutes and stuff? Did you notice your glutes grow in for the listeners? Your booty? Yeah, yeah, I did <laughs> a little bit. But I, I do pretty well on that before anyways. But yeah. Yeah, all good. It, it's, it's, yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, that it's a really good, it's a really good program. Anabolic. It's a great program. That's it. So that's a that's a prime example. So when I first done that program, um, I, I noticed their workouts were full body. So I thought, oh, okay, this is different. So um, although I kind once again, I kind of knew at the back of my mind that. Um, because if you look at the old bodybuilders back in the day and stuff, they used to train more frequently and I thought, okay, kind of makes sense, but it's just get, getting used to actually hitting the whole body two or three times a week, as opposed to smashing every body part every day. Obviously for me to go from like literally my, my kind of mindset, if you like, was, um, I was in the, the camp where it was go into the gym, absolutely hammer yourself, sweat in buckets, and then crawl out of the gym, you know, which is, that's all I knew. And and that's on, on the topic of frequency, I'd like to say, because this kind of goes hand in hand, is intensity. So like this is the most, most abused um, training modality that there is out there, is training too hard, right? As I said about the whole thing when you're aching, um, most people are either training too hard or not training enough. So, um, so for me to go to doing the full body, um, from, and, and not hammering every body part was, it was, it was tough for me to do that for the first few weeks. I was like, am I doing enough? Um, but then obviously the days in between those full body sessions, um, they have what they call trigger sessions. So you're using resistance bands on the days in between. So you're doing anything from say one to three, um, low intensity, um, resistance bands on the days in between and literally those workouts those band workouts are literally five to ten minutes long um but you're doing it one to three times a day on the days in between those two or three full body workouts so you can imagine this is taking training frequency to a whole new level and geez i, I could not believe what happened to my body even after one or two weeks 
Um, and, and, and bear in mind for me, who's been lifting weights, even at that point, I've been lifting weights for like 15 years. I mean, it just goes to show that, um, I actually have people saying, like you said about building muscle, lots of people like, I mean, people think I'm on steroids anyway. A lot of people, um, just to put that one out there, folks, I'm never taking steroids. I'm a lifetime natural. And I take it as a compliment anyway, when people you say never it. taken <laughs> them. You not when you're competing, you didn't. Never, never taken steroids. No. So even the federation that I've, the federations I've competed in, um, bear in mind, I've, I've competed eight times now. They're, they're non-tested federations. So I was knowing full well that most of the guys I was up against were taking something, taking steroids and, and, and the other stuff as well. So when I say non-tested, they didn't actually do drug tests or anything. So, but for me, because I've been training for so long and I'm, I'm, I guess I'm blessed with good genetics as well. I never felt the need to. Um, maybe I would have, I would have got better results in terms of my placing if I did take steroids. Uh, but for me, I just thought, you know what? Um, I know what's going to happen if I take it. Uh, firstly, integrity means a lot to me. I've been preaching about, you know, being natural and whatnot and, and putting the work in and that. So I thought I don't want to be, you know, going against my beliefs. But the other thing is if I took steroids for the first time, I've seen what happens to other people is, um, you always want to cut that corner then. So you're always looking for that, okay, I want to get in shape. Maybe I'll take a bit of gear again and whatnot. And that's what seems to happen with most people. So, yeah, I've never taken them. Um, and people were saying to me after doing the full body stuff and training more frequently, they were like, oh, my God, what have you been taking? And I was like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> for me, that's the ultimate, you know, because bear in mind for me is, is probably the opposite to a lot of um, women listening to this. I always grew up, um, you know, because for women, obviously, a lot of women don't want to be told that they're big. Right. Whereas guys like me, for me to be told I'm big, oh, that's that's a, that's the ultimate compliment because I grew up as a skinny kid. Um, you know, when I was younger in my teenage years, I was like a string bean. I was literally so thin. Um, and then when I started lifting weights, it's it's it took me some time to start building muscle. Um, but when I did, it was just like crazy the response I had from it. So um, so yeah. So for me, that kind of because I because I kind of started building muscle. I started noticing big changes in my body at, at age about 16, 17. That kind of stayed with me then. So I've never needed to take um, any any performance enhancing um, supplements, if you like, um, other than obviously the legal ones like creatine, which which are nowhere near the same. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to just to, um, in one or two sentences, training training frequency, folks, is really important. If your goal is to build muscle and look better and lose body fat, if you can lift weights most days. Um, focus on doing, um, the full body workouts, maybe, um, you know, two or three times a week and then doing on the days in between, if you still want to do something lifting weights wise, just go 60, 70% um, of what you would normally do and, and just do like literally just, just do one or two body parts on the days in between and just go a bit easier for like 30 to 40 minutes, just enough to send that muscle building signal, but not to damage the muscles. So it kind of has, um, the adverse effect and, um, one more thing on that topic is I did actually create a program recently, um, which was actually a split routine program. It was a free one. And the reason I created that is because I was getting lots of requests off people because a lot of guys, my audience, um, they, they like to train split routine. So they like to do uh, the way they know and, and hammer each body part. So I created that um, just to kind of show them, okay, if you're going to do split routine, do it this way. And I've used the concepts of frequency within there. So I've got them doing like one or two body parts. But then on the weekends, I've got them doing like resistance band stuff and, and just doing, uh, doing low intensity workouts on the weekend um, using the whole body. So, uh, so yeah, training frequency is very important. But um, make sure, folks, you're not hammering yourself in the gym, right? If you're one of these people who's going really, really hard in the gym day in, day out, then you might want to slow down a little bit and focus on 
connecting to your muscles more and actually um, focusing on technique when you're lifting weights and, and not overdoing cardio and stuff. Have you ever have you ever toyed with something in between, like instead of a split, a traditional split versus full body, done something like an upper lower or push pull legs? Absolutely, yeah. I've I've tried everything. So yeah, an upper lower. Um, yeah. That's that's another that's another great thing which works. So it's it's not to say you need to train the full body three times a week. Um, it's exactly what you said. Um, you know, in the question, training frequency. So when you do, for example, upper lower body. I've, I've done that before where you're doing, let's just say one day you're focusing on, on the lower body. So you're working, uh, or, or let's just say push pull. So one day you're doing a push session where you're doing, um, everything which involves a push, like, you know, a squat, a bench press, all that kind of stuff. And then on the other day you're doing pulling. So you're doing deadlifts, rows, all that kind of stuff. And then you're doing that again. So you, so you're alternating each day. So then let's just say you get, um, two push sessions in a week and two pull sessions. That means you're hitting every body part twice in a week. So, so the training frequency comes into that again. But what I found is if, if you're doing that third session, so you're doing, instead of doing the, the, you know, the push pull, you're doing three full bodies. So you're literally hitting every single body part, by the way. Um, so you're even doing like the calves and the abs at the end of the, uh, the workout. I found that to be more effective than the, uh, than the push pull. And that must be maybe due to, um, the fact that you're just hitting every single body part and you're sending more testosterone and, and more of a muscle building signal, I guess. But I've also done like, I've done everything, kettlebells. I even had a stint, Chris, doing um, doing CrossFit. I even had a stint doing that for a month. Oh, really? And I, How did that go? Yeah. <laughs> Not very well. Um, <laughs> I remember, do you know what, like, put the icing on the cake for me? Now, this sounds a bit, like, weird, but um obviously right i'm just gonna say i don't i don't want to talk too much shit about crossfit right but i'm not a big fan i'm not a big fan right um and again this kind of uh falls into molds into what we were talking about with intensity now any any kind of training that is is focused mainly on intensity is generally going to be bad news long term because crossfit is don't get me wrong right there's some good there's some great things actually to be taken out of crossfit for example women lifting heavy weights, right? You, up until about five, 10 years ago, you, you rarely seen any women squatting heavy, deadlifting heavy. And that's one really good thing that CrossFit brought, CrossFit brought to light is women are no longer afraid to lift heavy weights. And, and that's partly because of CrossFit. So that's one good thing that come out of it. And that's about it. Now, nah, um, <laughs> but then obviously, cause, cause it's so intense and it's, it's like, it's designed to really push people, right? Which is some good can come out of that. But the, when you see Olympic lifts such as power snatches and clean and jerks done to fatigue, I mean, that is just plain stupid. It, it takes, you know, it can take someone like so long to master the form of doing one, let's just say power snatch or clean and jerk, let alone doing 30 reps for time. It, it's just some of the workouts make absolutely no sense. Um, so yeah, I've, I've done that for about a month or two because I wanted to, to try something different. And what kind of put the icing on the cake, you're probably going to laugh about this, but I turned up once, right? Uh, and like all the guys kind of had their tops off and stuff and they were like all like flexing and like, um, kind of, don't get me wrong. That's what I'm all about. Right. I've been on stage and I posed in front of, you know, a big audience, right? That's what I do on stage. But I just walked in and I was just like, really, I was just looking around. And I was like, this is just, it's more of a, like a parade and kind of like, um, it was just like, 
it's it's more of a cult than anything I, I thought. So for me, it was like not really what I wanted. As I said, I'm more of that kind of person anyway who likes to train on his own. Mm-hmm. So I had a little stint and that was the end of it, Chris. <laughs> I don't blame you. All right. Well, on that topic, tell everyone what the secret is to your abs. The secret to the abs. Okay. There's no, there's no major secret, right? So, <laughs> so yeah. So for example, when I'm, when I'm really lean, I, um, I don't mean to like blow my own trumpet, but I'm kind of renowned for having a 10 pack, right? Now it's, it's, it's quite hard to find people who have 10 abs. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's basically, some of it comes down to genetics, obviously, like your, your abdominal wall. So just for the listeners, everyone has got an abdominal wall. It's just a case of um, exposing that wall. And with some people, like I've coached some people who've, who've trained and, sorry, who've um, competed on stage. And even on stage, like 5% body fat, you still can't see their abs. So genetics play a massive part in it. So with me, when I, when I get down below about 7% or 8% body fat, I have 10 abs, like a visible 10 abs. Like right now, let's just say my body fat's around about 10%, maybe 9, 10%. Um, and I've probably got like maybe six abs. Um, so like as I come down lower and lower in body fat, they just become, it, it was really weird. Like, cause the second time I competed, I'd never, bear in mind folks, I never, I never even knew I had, I knew I had like four or six abs, but until I competed for the second time and I got really lean, I was like, wow, this is crazy. I've got 10 abs. It was really, it was really like overwhelming. I was like, this is crazy. So, so <laughs> what, wait, when you're, when you're leaning out, like what specific changes are you making just dieting down and like adding more cardio or what are you doing for that? Yeah. So that's essentially it. Um, now, now that I'm clever with it and I know what I'm doing, it's just creating a calorie deficit. So that's, that's something I have a measure mentioned to the listeners is uh, above all. Um, now as, as Christina preaches and I preach nutrients are very, very important. Um, and I always preach about nutrients before I even start really talking about too much about calories to my, to my clients, because what you eat you know, all calories are not equal. So when you see people saying that, don't believe it because they're really not. And it's just, that's just common sense. But um, yeah, it's, it's when it comes to getting leaner, um, it does come down to calories. So uh, if, if you want to build muscle, then generally you have to create a little bit of a calorie surplus. So you're, you're eating slightly more calories than what you're burning. And, and it's the opposite for if you want to get leaner and lose body fat, you've just got to create a calorie deficit. So you can do that by either, for example, um, I'm, I'm quite smart now leading up to shows. So the last time I, I had a show, the world championships. Um, so I managed to place within the top 10 in the world as a natural athlete. So I was, I was really happy with that because, um, you know, there wasn't many natural guys there, put it that way. Uh, apart from the guy who won actually, which was crazy. The guy who won was natural. He's a genetic freak, but, um, <laughs> leading up to that, leading up to that, I was very clever and I was like, right, okay. I like to eat like a lot of people listening. Um, I love to eat. So don't think that I, um, you know, for one second that I don't enjoy food. I absolutely love food. So the way I do it is I will just increase my movement. Going back to daily movement, uh, I was just increasing my steps, keeping my food the same for as long as I could. And then maybe towards the end, once I've maxed everything out, if I need to, I'll take my calories down a bit more. Um, so so I'll, I'll gradually take my calories down slowly. And when I get to a point where like, okay, let's just say for me, even if I go down to like 3,000 calories, I, I don't mean to be, I hate to hate this because a lot of listeners are thinking this bugger you know what i mean like 3000 calories like for me that's the lowest hot co right so when i got down to 3000 i was like right i'm not going any lower than that i enjoy eating so um i'll just ramp up my cardio and steps a bit more um uh, to create a calorie deficit that way so okay gotcha so yeah i'm curious like what it's like competing 
I mean, does that fuck with your head, like emotionally? <laughs> what does that do? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, and luckily, I'll just go back to I'll just I'll just quickly compare um, the the miseries I've been through in the past um, compared to my last my last comp. So. I didn't really explain this to the listeners and a lot of guys don't talk about this um, because firstly, a lot of guys are not aware, but um, here in Australia, for example, 50% of eating disorders um, come under the B, the binge eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of guys do have it, but they're not aware of it. I built up the binge eating disorder pretty bad um, as a result of competing and dieting down for several different photo shoots in the meantime. So what would happen is I would when I was doing my first couple of shows, I had no idea what I was doing. So I had a, I had like a, a diet plan, so to speak, of a, of a bodybuilder, uh, of, a, of a really old school bodybuilder who, no disrespect to him, he didn't know what he was doing either. But um, he gave me this plan, and it was like basically chicken and broccoli, the typical bodybuilding diet. So I literally ate probably chicken, broccoli. So I'll just go through the, the foods that were in. Literally, there was about five to ten foods um, within my diet plan. It was like chicken, broccoli, sweet potato, salmon, some tuna, walnuts, and some spinach. That was pretty much all I ate for about six weeks uh, leading up to this competition. And as you can imagine, you restrict your foods that much, Trust me, you get a chance to eat some crappy foods and you're going to go all out. It's actually really dangerous. So I think this is my second show. I've done the show, got off stage. My friend was there supporting me. And no, this is the, I think I'm not, I'm not promoting to anyone. I'm not trying to um, brag about this um, because it's, it's actually terrible. But we must have put away within about 24 hours, I reckon about, about 15 to 20,000 calories each within, within 24 hours after oh that show. Oh, my God. Because he was like dieting down for like photo shoots and stuff as well. And then um, we literally just went on a massive. And then ever since that, the shows I was doing, like the, the next three or four shows and then after that, the same thing happened. It wasn't quite as bad as that. But what would happen is I, I didn't know what I was doing, right? So I would be limited to eating about five or six different foods leading up to shows. And then I would go all out, binge. And I, I really genuinely don't know how I haven't done any kind of permanent damage to my metabolism. I've definitely done something to my gut. Um, like I said earlier, um, it, it, it was the, the protein probably didn't help the amount of protein I was having, but it's definitely the binge eating and the relationship I had with food um, for, for a solid year or two, which has done some damage. And I do get um, outbreaks of psoriasis every now and then. Now I get it. Uh, thankfully, touch wood, I haven't had it on my face or anything, but I get it on my back. Um, I get it on my legs. So, yeah, I've done some damage from from doing that. Um, but now, like, for example, my last show, um, I knew what I was doing. I was obviously tuned into the Mind Pump guys. So I can't thank them enough. Um, they taught me so much, especially Adam, because he'd um, got to the pro level, uh, taught me that actually in reality, uh, it doesn't you don't really it doesn't matter what food you eat the, the most important thing it does matter what food you eat sorry but the most important thing is you're healthy so you're eating whole foods um you're satiated and you know if you want to have a treat leading up to a comp that's totally fine just stay within stay within your calorie range um and, and that that's pretty much it really you know so yeah so i went through a lot of suffering folks to be honest when it comes to uh um, my relationship with food and luckily now I've come out the other side and, and I guess that's where I'm at now is to try and try and help people get to where I'm at yeah I think that's something that a lot of people don't talk about like in the physique world and I actually was just very familiar with Jason Phillips yep yeah yeah I, I was him. yeah I just was I recorded with him like last week and um he was talking you know he talks about like how he had anorexia and he's like it's just something that so many men in the fitness community struggle with and no one talks about it um I think that a lot of these eating disorders we just think of as like girls, like teenage girls, and it's a much bigger picture. 
Absolutely. And and honestly, like mark my words, you're going to see, I don't know if you'll see it because as you say, a lot of it is not talked about, but there is a backlash. I mean, bear in mind, I'm one of the, the ones who didn't, um, didn't take, didn't take steroids either. And, and don't get me wrong. Um, I know loads of people who take steroids and they, they, their health's totally fine because they're doing it in a smart manner. They know what they're doing, but lots of people I've competed against, they're just taking like whatever they're taking, not knowing what they're doing and they're doing irreversible damage to their body. And, and what really, really hurts, um, is what I'm seeing now is women taking, um, taking anabolic steroids. I mean, it's, it's at least 10 times worse for a woman, um, to take any form of, of steroids. Even, um, there's, there's a, there's one called Anavar, which a lot of, um, um, female physique athletes are taking, and uh, unfortunately, they're in the wrong hands. They get they're getting one of these online bodybuilding coaches who is just pumping them full of all sorts of stuff. Um, I mean, I'll just give you a real quick example now before we finish. Is I've I coached um, a girl here who got um, prescribed some stuff for like four weeks to get in shape for something, and the guy gave her insulin, he gave her growth hormone, and he gave her anabar, and um, she screwed her body up as you can imagine. Um, I won't go too much into that, but ah. Oh, and then I, I was kind of repairing her then. So thankfully, we managed to do a lot of work over the space of about six months. And I managed to get her pretty much to where she was. There was some irreversible damage. But yeah, just, just for the listeners, for women, um, a lot of the changes, bear in mind, you know, when a woman takes steroids, um, the body is essentially trying to turn into a man. You're putting a male hormone into the body. So for example, I've known women where their voice drops and their voice goes deeper. And that doesn't come back. It's, it's irreversible. So, yeah, oh it's, there's, there's a dark, there's a very, very, very dark side to uh, to that world, Chris, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like, I mean, even just, you know, I've talked to you about, like, I mean, I never took any any steroids or supplements. But even just, like, when I was trying to get into fitness at the beginning, I was just fo- following bodybuilding advice. And it totally screwed my hormones up like just like training that way and like eating that way and I think a lot of other women are doing that too like they're just trying to get in shape and be quote healthy and then you're you're following advice meant for somebody who's like in a competition and I think what people don't understand is like that is a sport and there's a price to like be paid for that Definitely. Every, anything with that much, you know, sacrifice and work comes at a price. And actually, just on that note, I remember I listened to your very first. That's how I found that found out about you, as you know, was through Mind Pump. So I listened to your very first interview on Mind Pump. And when you were talking about all the stuff you've experienced, and I was like, I could not believe, like, because you're like, what, 23 years old now? Yeah. And I was like, for a young girl to go through all that, it's just, I mean, but I mean, it's, it kind of, I know it sounds thing but it's probably a blessing in disguise right because you know i guess you wouldn't be where you're at now if you didn't go through that yeah definitely well and i think i see so many i I see so many younger girls like 18 to 20 right going through the same thing or actually after i was on mind pump i started getting a lot more followers who are kind of more in the um physique building world and a lot of people who had competed or just like trained like they were competing even though they weren't competing coming to me being like what do I do and I you know it just it breaks my heart because it just I think goes back to how people kind of don't realize how they're training and they think that Mm. just to get in shape you just why wouldn't you train like a bodybuilder right but that's exactly a sport that's not for health it's not for health, and that's the thing. And, and and you find a lot of these athletes are the only way they know this. This was me, by the way. Like I said, I went through all the suffering uh, with the food, and it was exactly the same in my training, which I didn't mention. Um, all I knew to get in shape and to stay lean was to do the stuff I was doing for shows, and that is not healthy. I was doing um, cardio all the time, like way too much cardio, spending an hour or two sometimes doing cardio, plus weights on top of that, and then I was binging on the weekends. 
You know what I mean? So it, it got it got me into uh, into into a bad place. So yeah, it's 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 you just got to be aware. That's the key thing. What advice would you give, like, if somebody was just for anybody who's kind of like, okay, let's say somebody just did train for a competition or they're kind of doing that kind that style of training and nutrition just for fun. Like, what advice would you give to them? Um, to, to someone who is just trying to do it to, to for fun or to get in shape? Did you say sorry? Well, if they are training in a way similar to like somebody who is doing a physique competition whether or not that is because they're actually going to compete like like what what would you say to them Mm -hmm. okay so the thing is is a very tough message to get across to people because what will happen to these people is they'll do it they'll train like the person they're looking up to and no shit they're going to get good results because you know they're training pretty much every day or wherever it is but then we we attach the problem is we we attach what worked for us to oh this is what's going to work for me and i'm going to do this forever and that is the thing where most people slip up is um just to simplify it right so whatever you're not doing whatever type of training you're not doing right is what you need to be doing so for example before i did the first mind pump program the red maps i'd never really focused much on strength training lifting really heavy weights for like say um i don't know anything from one to six reps i'd never done that and when i did that i got insane results because it was a new adaptation for my body so um the thing is with most of the physique competitors and people who are training like them is um, a lot of the time it's they go into the gym, they're doing lots of reps. It's normally based on a lot of volume. It's based on getting a pump and people go into the gym for the purpose to, I want to feel the burn on my muscles. I want to get a pump and a sweat. Um, don't get me wrong, that kind of training, uh, that hypertrophy or uh, strength endurance, whatever you want to call it, that type of training definitely has its place. But for someone who's listening to this, who is, because I know most people listening who lift weights are probably doing anything from the eight to 15 reps, that kind of range or six to, if you, if you try and focus on doing a solid three or four weeks of um, strength training where you're doing anything from one to six reps, lifting heavy, obviously focusing on form, that is going to get you much better bang for your buck. So um, like we've mentioned in the, throughout the, the theme of this podcast, uh, training frequency is very important. So uh, I would recommend if you're doing split routine, and I just wanted to say as well, um, split routine training does have its place. So it will work for about 20% of people. But for 80% of people, um, training the whole body, um, say two or three times a week, is definitely going to get you much better results. So um, focus on those fundamental lifts I mentioned earlier, squats, deadlifts, and whatnot, and practice getting good at those things uh, instead of just going in the gym, getting a pump, and getting a sweat on. Yeah, I think it's it's it been interesting because like with my clients, I've gotten a lot of people to get MAPS anabolic, and they do that. And everyone, they always, every single person will message me after and say, you know, I'm doing it, but I'm confused because I feel like I'm not doing anything. Like, they're like I feel yeah. like I'm not doing enough work. Um, exactly. But then they'll be like, but I'm so sore the next day. Yeah, that's exactly it. I know. And it's, it's very tough because that's what I love about the mind pump guys. Like integrity means a lot to them, right? So when they create their programs, they're not sugarcoating it. They're just giving you what works. And for a lot of women to do, like, for example, women doing shrugs, you know, like mm-hmm. the exercise shrugs, mm-hmm. like you never, never, ever see women doing that because they think I'm going to get massive traps. 
just for the listeners, you know, the, the, the muscles right by your neck, the shoulder mm-hmm. muscles, they always think by doing that, that exercise, for example, they're going to get massive traps. But just, just for the female listeners, if you're lifting heavy weights and you're lifting weights regular, um, just try and come out of that thing of I'm going to get big and I'm going to look like a bodybuilder. I tell you what, I, like I said, I've been doing this for 18 years and I wish that was the case. Like it's, it's not going to happen. Um, and for, for what is going to happen, though, is gradually you're most likely going to get leaner because you're charging your metabolism up and um, you're going to get healthier. So let's just say um, let's just say real quick about how important resistance training is for health. OK, so let's put all this aesthetics aside. If you're lifting weights and you're doing it properly a couple of times a week, you're going to improve your bone density. You're going to strengthen your heart. Actually, studies have shown that you're going to strengthen your heart. Uh, sorry, weight training strengthens the heart more than cardio. Uh, you're also going to uh, create um, much healthier hormones. And I could go on forever. Collagen as well. So and nothing is, is better like when it comes to anti-aging than uh, lifting weights. Collagen because you produce um, heaps of collagen when you're doing it. So, yeah, so all of these things, just focus on those things um, as opposed to just attaching it uh, to how you look. And that will definitely come as a byproduct. Definitely. Well, thank you very much for sharing all of your knowledge and information. I've loved chatting with you. Um, Always a pleasure to talk. Can you tell everybody where they can get more from you? Absolutely. Yes. So my own podcast is, um, I didn't mention I've got my own podcast, which is called Optimize Your Body. And just for the American listeners, optimize is actually spelled with an S-E on the end. Because obviously in America, they spend, they spell optimize with a Z-E on the end. Mm-hmm. But it's actually spelled S-E in the UK and Australia. Weird. So it's optimize your body. Optimize with an S is my podcast. My Instagram is at Martin Silva Fitness. And also my, my current website Basically, I'm, I'm getting a new website, but yeah, I also have a website, which is um, martin-silver.co.uk, which you'll find everything, all of those links on my Instagram anyway. And I guess that's pretty much it, Chris, I think. Yeah. And uh, sorry, one more thing. I'm actually going to be jumping back into the uh, the online coaching space now as well. So uh, I was I was doing that, but I've taken some time out now and I've just been trying to educate myself and uh, I'm going to be jumping back into that space as well. Just so, just so the listeners know if they if they need any help going forward. Fun. Well, what who do you like? Who's your usual demographic with with training? So with with training, when it comes to online, it's it's predominantly men. So uh, my audience is roughly around about eighty percent men. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, most of them are aged between about eighteen and thirty five. That kind of age group. Um, so yeah, but I do I do coach a lot. Of, I mean, most of the women I've sorry, most of the people I've trained as a personal trainer has been females, about eighty percent. Uh, for obvious reasons. No, nah, I'm only joking. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, people always say that to me. It's funny. People say, oh, yeah, no, no shit. You've got mainly mainly female clients. But honestly, if you look around the gym, like most people, the thing is, a lot of men, they think they know what they're doing. The yeah. ego gets in the way and they really don't. Uh, whereas women, well, that's what I find fascinating is women, when you talk to them about, let's just say, burning fat and you know um looking better right they 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 want to listen they listen to everything and you know women are more open-minded you know they generally listen more when you talk about health and stuff so yeah but my demographic online is predominantly men but you know most of the women i guess most of the people i've coached generally have been women so uh yeah good to know all right thanks well anyone listening if they want you as a coach just hit up martin silva fitness Great stuff. Um, one more quick thing. I'm like I said, I'm getting a new uh, website which is going to be launched next month. So maybe I'll just send it over. The, it's going to be optimizeyourbody.com. My friend and I are collaborating, 
Um, and we're going to have lots of content in there, lots of free content as well. If the listeners, um, for the listeners, there's also lots of free content on my current website, but just so you know, Chris, anyway, I'll, I'll update that maybe when it's live next month. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. Thanks a lot, Chris. Really appreciate your time. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Martin as much as I did. He is such a nice guy and has so much knowledge. So make sure you go and follow him on social media at Martin Silva Fitness and listen to his podcast, the Optimize Your Body podcast. Again, I have been on an episode, so make sure you check that one out. It was a lot of fun to record. And don't forget that enrollment for my Paleo Women Lifestyle program opens up on Monday, February 18th. So get ready for that one. And I hope you have an awesome Valentine's Day. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, do something nice for yourself. And if you don't have a Valentine, I'll be your Valentine. So don't worry about it. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It really helps me spread the word about the podcast. And I also love when you guys share episodes on social media. It means the world to me. And if you're not already in our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe, make sure you join. You can meet other listeners and chat about the episodes. It's a lot of fun in there. So make sure you join. All right, that's going to be it for this episode. I hope you have an awesome day and I will talk to you again next time. Bye.